Welcome back to the Balance Bowley Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rindigpin. Excited to be back with you today. Ooh, it is International Women's Week. Forget a day. We are all about the week and we are bringing you the business. Let me just say how excited I am to have this beautiful, hilarious, fantastic Jim in front of me right now. You guys can't see her, and that is courtesy of me just refusing to add video to the BBP. I just want to keep it simple. Do audio only. So you're going to have to lean in and pretend you know what she looks like. And she's fabulous and gorgeous and wonderful and all the things. Miss Leah Garvin, the author of Unstuck, Reframe Your Thinking to Free Yourself from the Patterns and People that Hold You Back. First of all, Beyond being extremely influential in the tech space and working with major companies like Microsoft, Apple, and Google, and all the things, Leah is on a mission to humanize the workplace one conversation at a time. Sounds familiar? BBP is all about the conversations and making sure that you can pull back the curtain and really get to know her and her humanity, because that's exactly what she's doing inside the workplace. Leah, welcome to the BBP. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me here. And oh my God, I need to bring you to do my intros every time because I am blushing. Yes. Aww, thank you. Put me in your backpack. Um, yeah, I will. I am a little hefty because I have all these curves. So just be, you know, get your workout on and you can carry me around with you. <laughs> yeah, I can do a good set of squats. I can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to have you here for so many reasons. Um, first of all, I think I was telling you before we got started, I am a professional stalker. So I may... <laughs> I made sure to really make sure that you were a reflection of the work that you put out in the world, and you definitely are doing that. I have to give you so many kudos from you know TEDx and all the big conferences that both you have coming up, as well as the things that you've already been doing in the world. But more importantly, you are a woman in a heavily male-dominated space, and you are equalizing things. You're not male bashing. You're not trying to say women are so much better. Like from the work that I saw that you're doing, you're really about just strengthening the people that you serve. And something specific that came up for me, which was very interesting on, on a personal way, and I'll tell you in a minute, is on your IG, you had a quote that I thought was really awesome. And if, hopefully I won't misquote you, but you said, amplify impact at work. By ditching saying just, J-U-S-T, because it weakens your authority. And I know you meant that for men and women, which is a huge thing to underline because we used softer language sometimes when we're nervous or unsure of ourselves or especially if we're dealing with imposter syndrome and all the things that can absolutely disconnect us from our work life and love which is what we talk about here at the bbp so i'm really curious about what made you decide to put that out front because some people are afraid to you know put messages out that are so provocative that way in front what made you do it oh i love that i mean i i would say part of it is is i'm a recovering just addict and and when I was writing Unstuck, my, my book that's coming out, I, I was looking at all the extra words that I was putting in everything. And then I was looking at my emails I was sending at work and the way I was asking questions. And it sort of hit me like a ton of bricks that I was caveating everything, writing really long sentences with all these different explanations and, and ways yeah. to sort of soften. Um, I was saying things like, 
I just wanted to ask a quick question when I have a question would work mm-hmm. totally fine. And, and as I was looking at differences in how men and women communicate and, and researching it more, I saw that this just thing had been pretty widely talked about and studied as something that's um, really often more prevalent with women, but as you said, really common for men and women. And it's, it's from a position of defensiveness often, yeah. like wanting to hedge a little bit and, and to not, um, and just put it out there. I just did it. <laughs> I just did it twice. <laughs> It takes a long time to get through it. it. But I found there's this thing that we're often doing with language where we're stepping back and we're not owning that authority. And I think when, especially for, for women trying to get their message out there, um, I don't know, I usually proofread it, stress test it with a friend, share with a colleague and say, hey, I really want to deliver a strong message here. Is that hitting home? And yeah. sometimes it takes removing five, six extra words. Four of them are just in order to get it through. Oh, yeah. So you write like me. I'm very verbal, um, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. And with no apologies, right? Like I communicate with emotion and, and yeah. all of it. But I also have to reread my emails to make sure that because I'm expressive and wanting to yeah. get a point, maybe share an example of something in the email that it didn't weaken the yeah. the message that I was absolutely trying to drive home yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And it was interesting. In one of my first jobs um, in tech, I, I was supporting an executive and would do a lot of his communications and I would write an email and it'd be four paragraphs long and I would sit <laughs> with him as he would edit it and he would just take out words and chunks and sentences. And I saw that what I had started with ended up being so much more brief and and then in turn so much more impactful. And I think that's something that we see working in the corporate world, especially as um, the more you know senior of audiences that you're communicating with, the less they are saying. And mm-hmm. and that was something interesting to observe. I think sometimes it has a coldness effect. It has a little bit of a dismissive effect. So I'm not saying it's the way. I actually don't choose kind of not to communicate that way. It's the same way as you so that I can mm-hmm. communicate warmth and, and add more context. But it is interesting to observe the differences there and to see, okay, you know, what audience am I communicating with? You know, right. if I'm talking to a colleague that I'm close with, yeah. or if I'm communicating to a CEO or an executive and someone that kind of wants you to get to the point in that first sentence and then add mm-hmm. context later. So from, from some of those earlier career experiences, I learned, um, to really think through who's on the other end of this and then sort of tailor my communication. No, I mean, that's perfect. So in the world of entrepreneurship, that's a huge thing. Know your audience, know who you're talking to. And then it becomes challenging just like I'm sure it does in the corporate world when you're in person, as well as when you have group emails, because there's multiple personalities and, and style preferences for how to communicate. That happens a lot. And you're a speaker, so you get it. You're in front of a room full of, a lot of people that might have a thread that's in common, yeah. but their communication styles could be vastly different and diverse. And that can be challenging when you got one microphone and yeah. you're going, you know, in <laughs> yeah. five minutes or 20 minutes or whatever the case is yeah. to communicate your message without softening yourself to the point that you don't seem as confident and courageous yeah. and strong as you should, but also without 
demeaning people's experiences because I'm sure you use some storytelling and some examples from all the experiences that you absolutely hold as credibility to add value to what you're sharing when you're helping people unlock and reframe and ultimately thrive in their workplace. But it can be really diminishing when we say, you know, um, all I had to do was just get a mentor. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, life changed for me in the corporate world when I just did this or I just did that. Um, My husband and I talk about this all the time. He's a podcast addict like I am, (laughs) but in a a much different level, right? You know, as (laughs) men typically are when they get very fixated on things. And one of the strongest things that will have him go, ugh, like when he's listening to something is because someone just said just about Mm. how they got to a certain point in their career as they're communicating with an audience that probably aspires to get to that place. It's like, that's so diminishing. It wasn't just this simple thing. It might've been a mentor and a lot of struggle and experiences and losses and maybe divorces and all kinds of things in between before you could get to that point. So I've really valued from a personal perspective when you were like, "Mm mm-mm. This is not tolerated. We do not do this here. And if you do, be mindful of it. Like you said when you were talking earlier, like, oh, I just said it. You said it in context, though. Yeah. Um, And just be mindful to kind of self-correct yourself. So I loved that you're you're doing that not only with your clients and who you're coaching to help them reframe, but you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I live in a constant state of reframe. I I would say (laughs) between – I love your point about – not only diminishing your points in the just example, but diminishing the struggle and, and what it took to achieve something. And I think as I've, um, as my book launch has been approaching and I just did this Ted talk, I was thinking about, um, how hard it was to get there and how, when I post something on LinkedIn or something, it might seem like, look at me, I have these great things going on. Yay. And, those were after repeated rejections and failures Uh and disappointments. And those stories need to, need to be told too. I didn't just find a publisher. No, no, no. (laughs) I was, I worked on this book for two years. It was rejected by agents, different things. And finally, after working, like continuing to revise it and reframe it and approach it different ways, that's where I, I, I hit something. Same with my TEDx. I had wanted to, do a talk in that form for years, had applied many years to many different conferences. And mm-hmm. I kept having to fine tune my approach and, and really refine my message. And, and I, I really like sharing that story as these really exciting milestones are coming up for me because that's, that's what it takes. And, and yeah. my exercise of reframing that rejection was about, I was disappointed. I let myself sit with that a little bit, feel really, really like, why me for a little while and then saying, okay, but I still want this thing. So I'm going to have to change my approach. And, and there's no just in that. <laughs> there is it. And I, Leah, I have to honor you for being so gracious and vulnerable in that, because there's a lot of people at your level and all the things that you've accomplished that would not have been so honest about the fact that it was a struggle. Right. You know, some people are like, oh, you know, I have a major publisher and I've done a TEDx and I'm up for the X. What is it? SXSW. I can never say it. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> South by Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. South by Southwest Conference. I'm very 
special and I read the letters out straight. But <laughs> Right. Like, but you have all these like really amazing things and you could have just minimized the work that put in it. But as a a true ambitious woman, you understand tenaciousness and the Mm -hmm. fact that it's necessary not only to be tenacious, but to be open to learning from your own mistakes and honoring the process that came with that. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Thank you. And I found as a coach, you know, you, that's where I think you can connect best with people and help people find that power within themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I learned along the way coaching, you know, you're not really supposed to talk about yourself and share your story. And I said, I don't, I don't really agree with that. <laughs> Sorry. I think, I think it works so much better when people feel seen mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean you talk about yourself the whole session, but you share insight into God, I know why this is so hard. I'm there too. Mm-hmm. And and especially coaching women in the workplace, women in corporate and, and working um, on, on team effectiveness and building inclusive teams. It's, I do that because I live it and I see it yeah. and I, it's, it's really meaningful to me to make better. Better choices with that. Yeah. I'm thinking about um, something that was told to me, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. My husband and I own our company. May will be 11, May this year will be 11 years officially. Wow. Try not to count the unofficial moments, but, (laughs) and somewhere along the road, someone said, cause I'm, my background is licensed clinical social worker, trauma specialist. And then I added coaching and, you know, all the sexology and all the other things that have kind of consumed my CV at this point. And of course, in a traditional therapeutic context, you would not talk about yourself and what you do and all that, because you have to honor that space and that person's process. Um, I totally agree with you that I disagree with the coaching world with not sharing because people are so overwhelmed with all the information that's coming at them that they want exactly what you're teaching, which is some humanity, some Mm. humanness, and an ability to reframe what's coming at them so they can shift their perspective in a positive way that serves them versus feeling compressed by, you know, competition, the comparison, you know, all the things that I'm sure you've seen in your space. And some of our favorite, we work with a lot of power couples and married women entrepreneurs. A lot of them are from the tech space, environmental, electrical engineers, like all kinds of people that some are celebrities, but most are not. And the thing that came up the most was like, oh, Nikita, you talk to tech people. They don't think like that. They don't, they don't want to hear stories. I was like, I don't know who you talk to. Yeah. All of our clients are like, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for not only your professional experience working with families and couples and all that, but thank you for sharing you're a woman who's been married almost 30 years, that you have adult kids and have gone through some things. And sometimes you don't like your kids, you know, all all (laughs) the things. Thank you, because it made me feel like a human and not being judged versus feeling like you have to talk in some other kind of code. And I'm curious because of all the work you've done past your your corporate life, as well as your current as an author, April 5th, pre-orders, baby, you know, as an author, as a speaker, and of course, as a coach that's transforming people's lives. When you're dealing with people who have such unique ways of processing information, and of course, you coming from their background and their world makes it a little bit easier to communicate but I really appreciate you going deeper with people and saying, it's okay for you to be different. You don't mm-hmm. have to think like I do. Let me help you reframe in a way that works with you. So I'm curious what your experience has been with your clients when they're like, yeah, all this reframing is working at work. But when I go home, 
I'm dealing with Joe, John, and Jane, and <laughs> they don't get this new, you know, Tina who's working with Leah Garvin, who's changing and, and thriving at work. They see such a difference with who this person is, and now my family's not used to the new transformed me, and I have some challenges with how to communicate with them. Is that coming up in your work at all? Ooh, yeah, I mean, I, I have seen that in some places where I, I, I think, well, even for myself and, and work I've done with coaches saying, hey, why doesn't, you know, why aren't people getting this? I, I had this big awakening, or, or I think like you said, or, or someone I'm working with is seeing everything in a new light and they're wanting you know, everyone to be right there with them, whether mm -hmm. it's in their team or personally. And I think working with people to um, build empathy for, for the, the relationships that they have and the people in their lives that um, they may be scared or going yeah. through something or on their own trajectory of change or transition. And, um, and it's awesome when we've had an aha moment and we, now that it's so obvious to us, we think, <laughs> Hey, why? <laughs> hey, catch up everybody. Like, let's do this. But I know in the moments where I've been impatient personally is when I've sort of come in between my connections with other people. Yeah. And I think it's the same for the folks I work with is um, talking about um, what might be going on with the people in your life, in your family, mm -hmm. in your relationships. Um, what might they be thinking? And by having them think less analytically and more sort of in this additive of what's happening outside themselves. I think people can really see that uh, we're all in different phases all the time. And, and it's awesome if, if you've reached this new space of openness um, and it's also okay if someone's on their own journey and taking their time in their own place. Um, and I think there's, it's also, you know, people might want to say, well, how do I help them get there? And the the thing with coaching is what works for one person doesn't work for someone else. And Amen. So, <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and, and that's why coaching, we don't problem solve and like suggest solutions because what worked for me isn't going to work necessarily for the same person with a, with a, for a different person with different context. So I think also reminding someone of that, of here was your situation in your context and, and what works for you. And again, let's think about that other person and what they yeah. might need and how you want to show up for them. Yeah, that's that reframing um, yeah. as, as well as breaking free of those patterns that you talk about a lot. Yeah. I, I look at the breaking free of the expectations, which yeah. are the umbrella for the patterns that you end up having to rewire and rescripts and all of that. And the language that you're using in your book is really palpable because a lot of people have to break free from their older self, yes. too. That's, yeah. you know, when people read your title, they might think that you're just talking about other people yeah and, you know other people's patterns the toxic relationships and such yeah. that you know both platonic and romantic that you have to get away from but you're like no let's look at the pattern that's no yeah. longer serving you maybe it helped you survive your first 10 years you know in the workplace and now that you're a director a leader a c-suite person or maybe you're transitioning into owner yeah. and moving over that way of being 10, 15, 20 years ago may not be serving you, mama. It might be suffocating you right now. So I yes. really appreciate that you're looking at that and actually giving people tools for not just saying, here are all your issues, here are yeah. all your problems, but here are some ways that you can serve the world better by looking at them to see what's not working 
as well as some ways to fix it. Are you dropping any like tangible gems in that book that's coming out? (laughs) Yes. And I mean, I I would say, especially, um, you know, I love your point on looking at some of the patterns, especially from a leadership lens. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, think about, we we talk about the brevity in emails, right? And I think the way we used to communicate maybe in the workplace five, 10 years ago was really more curt and like get to the point and things. And people are wanting more emotion. They're wanting more connection. So I think mm-hmm. even when we think about um, what are some of the, like, how do you succeed in business sort of tips we maybe grew up with, sort of challenging those and really getting to know who our workforce is made up of. Yeah. Um, it's a huge aspect of the inclusion side and belonging side of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging of of really making sure we're not prescribing one way of communicating versus another that happen to work with one group of people, which is not the majority or we don't aspire to have as the majority. Right. And, and so um, I think, you know, in the, in the book, I talk more about our individual sort of relationship with showing with, with managing a lot of these challenges that work um, in my workshop facilitation and, and more of my work outside of there. I, I look more at the team dynamic side of that. And I think, mm-hmm. um, a lot of that goes to work having conversations within teams around what are the norms of how we want to communicate, right? Like yeah. we, we're talking a lot right now about work-life balance and, you know, mm-hmm. not sending me a chat at 9 PM and saying, <laughs> don't worry, you don't have to respond, but it's kind of better if you do uh, setting that balance. But there's a lot deeper. I think we can go with some of those norms. Like mm-hmm. how do we celebrate each other? how do we say I'm having a hard day and I need space? Yeah. How do I, how do I just be a human? Because mm-hmm. you're coming, if, if you're working from home, which many folks are, you're coming into my room and seeing me <laughs> like all the time. And maybe I'm kind of uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going into work, maybe there's extra stress on you because you know, it's, you may be putting yourself at risk or you're in, you know, you're doing, dealing with the commute or dealing with the stress of the lack of flexibility, things like that. So I think we need just to be talking about this a lot more than yeah. we are. No, a thousand percent. I'm laughing on the inside when you like, um, how do I let people know that I need more space? Yeah. <laughs> like just call Nikita. Cause um, <laughs> I have zero issue with that at yeah. all. Um, a lot of the work that I do with our couples is helping them become more intentionally selfish. And mm. it sounds like a juxtaposition of shorts, but it's actually by being more selfish intentionally, not about ego or, you yeah. know, making people feel unwanted. You are creating that space for yourself to do the work, to heal, yeah. to thrive, to relax, to recharge, like all of, you know, it's yeah. a, a sexier way of saying, give yourself permission to pause, right? Like just... Yeah be provocative about it and be intentional self intentionally selfish and say, you know what? You're too close to me. Um, I need this time to get this report done and I need you to not interrupt me. Thank you. I'll bring you some tea when I'm done. (laughs) Right? Like, and be okay with it. And a lot of that work for me came from the reframe of reframing what it meant as a giver who is constantly helping, serving, doing my entire multiple decades on this earth, personally and professionally, is I had to look at like, wait a minute, something's out of sync, pun intended here, out of balance. And as brilliant and as beautiful as I know myself to be, no shame there with saying it, 
I was being more unbalanced because I wasn't reframing and unlocking yeah. my own patterns, right? And and seeing what was going on. Yeah. Of course, with help, like you don't, you can do some of the work um, in a self-healing way, but the real healing ha- happens when you go to a surgeon, right? Like when you can yeah. get to the root of, I don't want to use the C word as an example of this, but when you can get to the root of whatever is really going on, which in this case might come from a going to see a Miss Leah Garvin, <laughs> or, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. going to see someone who is a surgeon that can help you speed up your process of healing because although you did some surface healing on your skin wound issue of whatever was going on there was something underneath of there that you can't get to and knowing that you have to go to someone who's on the outside of you to be able to see what you can't see is crucial to your growth whether you are a corporate entrepreneur you know, uh, being a couple, being single and savvy and loving it, whatever it is, like we're kind of talking more work specific, but it applies across all of your work life and love. Yeah, exactly. And one of the concepts, actually, the the first concept I talk through in in the book is feedback, right? And Mm -hmm. you're talking about, you know, when you go to work on yourself, it's you're going to have to be willing to hear feedback. And Mm -hmm. whether that's from your own inner critic, or or another person or Mm -hmm. looking at the feedback that's been shared with you that maybe was you didn't want to really hear or or think about um and <laughs> that part is <laughs> kind of the worst but it's it, and it doesn't mean we have to start thrashing going i need to change this and that and the other about myself but it's about you know looking at well, what are the messages that i'm getting from the people around me about how i'm being perceived and what of those are meaningful to me listening to those maybe what are the ones that don't matter it's it's kind of for people who have no they they have nothing to do with the goals that I have or what I'm trying to do tossing those aside Mm -hmm. and really um like you say sort of trusting um trusting that there is some information there that that you can learn from and and I think when we are, are resistant to hearing things about ourselves and looking inward I think that can become the pattern that holds us back the most. Like we said, a lot of the patterns are things that we're doing and and falling into a lot of times from self-protection or because we had a really difficult or painful experience. But um, the reframing is also part of the shedding of this time might be different. Mm -hmm. This boss might be different. This relationship might be different. This situation I'm different, right? Every day we're different. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully that's right. (laughs) Maybe not. Yeah. But we're striving to be different. Yeah. Right. No, I love that. Um, You guys can't see Leah smiling, but (laughs) the sarcasm shines bright on my face (laughs) and she complimented it. I'll leave that there. Um, So I'm curious with all the work you're doing, the traveling, the speaking, raising a little people, like all that you have going on. How are you able to create space so you can give yourself permission to pause? Yeah, I a couple of things. I um, take take time every morning. I get up about an hour and a half before my toddler. And so she's got to keep on that schedule. Otherwise, she throws off my whole plan. Mm-hmm. So I get up about an hour, hour and a half early and um, and, and just take some time um, to do some exercise, either some yoga or, or go on a walk if it's nicer out. Um, read, do a little personal writing kind of for fun. I, I always like to start the day with that space or that yeah. pause so that I don't feel like, I think with days I don't, things just feel like they're piling up and I didn't get to take a breath. And so my 
my time always comes right at the beginning of the day. And it also makes me really excited to get out of bed because I get to do it, uh, spend the time on something I want to do. And so yeah. even if I have a hard day coming up, um, I've, I've taken that space for, for me and what I love. And, and then I'm more present and excited when my toddler wakes up and, and everything goes well from there. Yeah, I appreciate that you are taking control of your morning yeah. um, from the perspective of, you know, I can power up my day and get the ball rolling in the direction that I wanted to go. I can't control how it goes, yeah. but I can at least, right, like add yeah. to that. And then I'm sure you kind of have a wind down process, assuming yeah. the baby is healthy and you yeah. know, is, is not super clingy that day, yeah. which I don't know, when does that happen? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, my toddler is in a phase where she started having like one of those elaborate bedtime routines where she needs, <laughs> has yes. eight different requests. And mm-hmm. one night I saw her actually counting on her fingers if, if she had gone through all of her steps. I, I literally was like, hey, do you have a okay. list you're running through? This is too much for me. And, she is yeah. a true, what is? what are they on now? Generation A? Like she's a whole new breed yeah. of baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sometimes wow. it takes long, but yeah, my wind down is, is often really similar either. Um, you know, sort of closing out my day, trying to get off tech, obviously is tough, but maybe reading or maybe watching a show, something a little bit mindless, not, not diving back into the emails though. Yeah. I love how you said that so clean. Leah said, you know, a little mindless. Meanwhile, I'm like, I needed something ratchet. I just needed something that had nothing to do with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that. How can people connect with you and learn more about what you have going on in the world and especially to pre-order your book? Where can they go? Yeah. So I think best place is to check out my website at www.leahgarvin.com. Um, I'm also feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, just find me there. Um, and, uh, on my website, you can pre-order my book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, any of those outlets. Um, yeah, comes out April 5th. So really excited to be sharing that with the world. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear people's stories and, and, and how they're doing and how they're reframing what they're working on. Yeah, I love that. All right. So BBB BBP listeners, I can't talk. You see that? I'm so excited. Make sure that you go to Leah on LinkedIn specifically, because one of the best things about LinkedIn is when you send a direct message from there, she can see your face. You can actually customize the message. Please do not send one of those generic, I would just like to connect with you messages because if she's anything like me, she's going to ignore it. Um, so make sure you say like, hey, heard you on the Balance Bully podcast. You are, in fact, an ambitious woman. And here is my takeaway. Please share because those stories from you guys matter. Not only does it allow you to potentially connect with Leah and go in whatever role that's supposed to go, you know, potential client, power partnerships, whatever the universe has for you, but it also lets her know that her story, her vulnerability, her strength in showing up and sharing so freely and fully of herself, it mattered to you. So make sure you do that specifically on her LinkedIn. Also, little hint for all of you who don't really do LinkedIn, LinkedIn tells you who's saw your profile. So if you go on her profile and you don't send a message, she'll know that you were just being a creep. You got to be a professional stalker. Don't be creepy. Actually send a message. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Leah, thank you so much for carving out your time from your family, from your work, for all the things that you do to show up and share so much of your truth with us. We really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I, I think you could tell by how much I was laughing, just how, how much fun you are to be with. So yeah, Aww. thank you.
Thank you. I'm going to make sure I tell my husband to listen to this twice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's it. And thank you again. All right, Balance Bowly listeners, thank you always for showing up and showing up fully. If you are new to us, make sure that you hit subscribe and then you share this episode with someone in your ecosystem that you know could benefit from these valuable balance tools that Leah Garvin just brought to you. I'm so appreciative for her time, but more than anything, she's dropping gems and I want you to share them. Do not be self-absorbed and keep them. Be selfish enough that you are willing to give this space this honoring vulnerability, the knowing that you cannot just do a thing without weakening your stance, all the things that she talked about, make sure you share it with someone in your ecosystem who could really benefit from it. Um, in the interim, you guys can follow me continuously at Ask Nikita on IG and Twitter. But more than anything, come talk with me on Twitter space because we're continuing the conversation of healing and thriving all over. And I'm really looking forward to those very open live conversations. Until next time, Enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it both.